Welcome to the Monday edition of the Hometown Headlines newscast brought to you by Hometown Headlines and the Hometown Podcast Network. Speaking of which, a quick note before we start, we're experimenting this week with a new edition called Sound Bites. Basically, these are smaller cuts from our long-form podcast on key local matters. We'll have five this week, touching both on the elections and on Rome's future. Please let us know what you think by writing us at druck at hometownheadlines.com. Now, on to the headlines. Number one, talk about a baby boom. Area hospitals are working to add and improve obstetrics and newborn care with projects together valued at more than $28 million. Among them, Advent Health in Gordon County has opened the baby place. Business news today, more from Broad Street. There's always something happening on Broad Street. Riverside Gourmet's renovations have been completed. The grand opening event is set for this coming Saturday. Politics today at 5 p.m. That's your deadline if you want to vote in the presidential primary. That is, if you're a lapsed voter or have moved or made other changes, you can do so 8 a.m., 5 p.m. at the Yellow Brick Courthouse, downtown Rome. Advanced voting, by the way, starts one week from today. We'll tell you what you need to know. Also beginning this week, Lent. Ash Wednesday is Wednesday. We have a list of local services. If you have one from your church, please see the format and send it to druck at hometownheadlines.com. Buzz today, two small group meetings this week for One Community United. Also, local gas prices are climbing again, except in Polk County. Daily features, the Ware Mechanical Weather Center forecast. You've looked outside already. Yep, the rain is back maybe an inch or so today and tonight. A bit warmer on Tuesday and then cool again. Obituaries today, we say farewell to Mrs. Deborah Dawn Bonds and Ms. Tamika Michelle Robinson. Public health restaurant inspection scores return tomorrow. They were off on Sunday. Greater Community Bank brings you the Crime Watch updates from Floyd, Bartow, and Polk Counties every day, now posted on the website. Truett's Chick-fil-A sports report for this Monday morning. Number one high school sports. Don't forget we have state playoffs continuing Tuesday and Wednesday. We have those games for you. Also, Barry Vikings men advance in the SAA basketball tournament. Huge win yesterday over Swanee. Sadly, the season is over for the Vikings women. Baseball news today. Help wanted. The Rome Braves have a ton of seasonal jobs open at the ballpark. We'll link you into how you can get involved in those. And don't forget the Braves continue preps for the new season coming up. You probably saw the photos over the weekend of the new scoreboard going in. Community sports news today. We had some big weekends for the Rome Area Volleyball Club. Thursday, don't forget, Larry Lester, co-founder of the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, will present two lectures in Rome, one downtown and one at Barry College. Also, March 14th is the date of the Harvard Clinic Leprechaunathon 5K and Two Mile Health Walk. You can sign up right now for that race. Okay, today's rant of the day. This one's going to be a peaks and valleys. Haven't had one for a while. The highs and lows of northwest Georgia. Valley to the sudden concerns about a housing situation here in Roman Floyd County. Pardon us, but wasn't the never-spoken impetus of separating economic development from the Chamber of Commerce rationalized, if you want to call it that, by the belief that by doing so, we would give people time and resource to, to promote both at 100%, that is, 100% chamber-focused, 100% economic development-focused. At least that's how one of the two architects of separation justified it to us in a recent conversation. Okay, so why then is economic development stepping into the housing area when we're breathlessly been told for the last two years that industrial development needs more focus? No, instead, please focus on securing new employers first. 
This is not a chicken and the egg thing, at least not until some of those chickens, i.e. new employers, start dropping some eggs, i.e. jobs that can't be filled by the current labor force, which already lives here. We don't understand this one. Next up, Valley to the coronavirus hysteria from the weekend. Valid reports were circulating that some of the cruise ship passengers that were touched by this deadly disease would be quarantined in Anniston, just 56 miles from Rome city limits. Politicians from our neighboring state were tripping all over themselves on Sunday to assure residents there and here that it won't be happening after all. You'd think it must be an election year or something. Valley to the new lows in the 14th Congressional District race. This one had to do with a Canton area funeral on Saturday. Campaign signs and enough, quote, he said, she said, quote, post on Facebook to choke the Internet. You can decide who's right or wrong in this one on your own. And what's particularly interesting, Canton is way outside this congressional district. Why is it even an issue? And what is it about Saturdays in this race? We've had the taco thing, the Second Amendment thing. Sad to say, we're stuck with this at least through the July runoff. Maybe it too can be quarantined in Anniston. Peaked to a rare day of sunshine. Saturday was just gorgeous with just sad it didn't last longer. Another inch of rain due today and Tuesday. We should be glad this isn't snow and ice at least. No matter what, enough of this wet stuff already. Peak to the friends who really care. Calling hours were held Saturday afternoon for a young lady who fought cancer harder than anyone we know. Her battle, her successes, fueled hundreds of friends who jammed a Rome funeral home on a rare sunny afternoon to celebrate her life. The photo collage was stunning from the kid on the toilet seat picture that every parent has to a two-finger, shall we say, salute aimed at the dreaded disease known as cancer. It was most appropriate for this service and particularly for this young woman. Her parents' message on the pamphlet shared with those assembled at the funeral home underscored that. They recalled how they thought she only had a few months to live when first diagnosed more than a decade ago. They were extremely grateful for 10 extra years, even with crushing lows, but incredible, incredible highs. Valley to the year 2020, as we stated last week, it already has been a rough one, and that includes the young lady we just talked about in the previous grant. Little did we know we'd learn of two others also facing very tough times. Enough of this already as well. And peek to the not-so-early talk about linking Broad Street and New East Bend Shopping Center on Turner McCall. There's a belief that regional shoppers drawn to the new restaurants and retail off Hicks Drive will likewise venture to Broad Street as well. We support efforts to perhaps co-brand the two and also urge city leaders to develop some sort of a trolley system to shuffle customers both from East Bend to Broad Street and vice versa, especially on weekends. And valley to us for a typo that spawned an internet storm on Saturday. Yep, we typed fly, F-L-Y, when we should have typed flu, F-L-U, in a story on Saturday morning. By day's end, the comment section was filled with 90 or more references, pictures from the Fly movies, posts chastising us for making a typo when their own post had spelling and grammatical errors in them. We fixed the typo, and then we deleted the Facebook post after 15 hours. Not from embarrassment, thank you. It was a safety precaution on our part after realizing that nearly 90 posts were generated by something so stupid. Yes, we messed up, and we caught another one just before posting it today. So, yes, it happens, unfortunately. Just remember, we weren't the ones who camped out in front of a keyboard on the nicest day in weeks, 
to blabber about a typo. Those offended, take note. Your subscription refunds are in the mail. That's spelled M-A-I-L, period. This is John Druckermiller with HometownHeadlines.com, inviting you to stick around for our first soundbite following this update. As always, continuing updates today on HometownHeadlines.com. John Druckermiller saying thank you for your time today. We open we close with the stylish renderings of Funky Druck from the funky one himself, Harry Musselwhite. Have a great Monday in Northwest Georgia. The uh, first thing that we have going is the presidential preference primary, and and its purpose in life is to uh, uh, to allow us to pick, unlike Iowa, how how we how we designate our delegates for the national convention from all this. Uh, the registration date for that. The deadline is February the 24th, close of business. That's for new voters? Or this is for voters? new voters or for any other voters. And, and, and we'll touch on that in just a second, too. But that is the end of the registration window, or it closes is the way the expression we use it, for the March 24th presidential preference primary. All right. And the reason for that is, is remember, these are computerized lists. So what happens is we, we need to have everybody who's going to do this in the computerized roles. So that's why they have a 30-day close. Now, this goes back to the old days when they used to do it with a pencil and a paper. It was the same thing. It takes time to process all this stuff. If you come in on the 24th and register we will make sure that you are on what's known as the supplemental list but it is a secondary method of accumulating this information just don't worry about it if you get here by the february 24th you will be able to vote in the presidential preference primary on march 24th there is a change in the law that i need to bring up to some folks who are familiar with this aggravation that is technically a federal election not a state election technically okay in the past if you sent me a request for an absentee ballot prior to the presidential preference primary you had to send me another one after the presidential preference primary to get receive your uh, absentee ballots for the rest of the year's worth of state elections that has changed. Uh, recent changes in the law effect of the first of this year. Now it's been decided that if you send me an application for an absentee ballot any time before the election cycle starts, I can honor it for the whole year. So that's going to cut a little bit of yeah. aggravation out. And, and uh, uh, there's another little change, too, that now's a good time to throw this in here. They reworded the law in the past you could register to vote at age 17 and a half as long as you were 18 before election day okay what they did was they reworded the law and made some changes in our our voter registration system so you are still allowed to register at 17 and a half but the system will now know and show you active on election day if you are 18 on election day or before. So that's not one of, you don't have to worry about uh, having to go verify that you actually got updated and all that. The system will automatically take care of that for you. Those, those are both good things. Many, many years ago. Yeah. I that's four days in mm-hmm. 2000. No. 1972. 19, long time ago, yeah. And I voted for Richard Nixon, <laughs> by the way. So, okay. Yeah, uh, and, and, and that and, historical and, thing. Yeah, yeah. I voted for Jimmy Carter the first time, too. See? Uh, oh, yeah. I was in Alaska at the time. Anyway, 
uh, these are two little changes in the rules that have a significance in what we're doing here, and people need to be aware of. To continue on, though, with all of this, uh, the, the presidential preference primary is going to take place on March the 24th. Okay. The early voting process, uh, known technically as absentee in person, you don't have to give me any justification. You can just come up here and say that you want to do this. All right, is something that was instituted some time back, and its period of time is mandated. Now, it leaves us a little room to throw some additional things in here as long as we do it correctly. But we can make some adjustments in it along those lines. Those are things that we determine before each election based on what the perceived need for it is going to be. Traditionally, uh, for the last three presidential preference primaries, we've had approximately a third turnout. The truth of the matter is it runs 24 to 29 percent, but we're not splitting hairs here. So what we do is we're looking at giving the people the maximum opportunity to come in and vote before election day if they choose to but again because we have to be i have to be pragmatic about this we have to look at what it costs and what we're going to get out of it and while it would be great to go with the with the uh, philosophical from your heart it doesn't matter what it costs unfortunately it does uh, so we have to look at that too we don't want to be over prepared for this but with regard to the presidential preference primary Okay, we will have a total of three early voting sites open. Good. And two of them will be open at different times. Okay, but one of them will be open for the entire time. Now, translating that into something that makes a little more sense, the community room at the admin building down on Fourth and First down Yellow Brick Courthouse or something. Yellow Brick Courthouse. That will be open from March the second all the way through all of the days we will be voting. Okay, through March the 20th. Now, that will include Saturday, March the 14th. Okay, because there are federal candidates on this ballot. Obviously, that's what we're doing here. And and uh, Saturday voting is mandated. Okay, the Civic Center will be open on both March. Excuse <coughs> me. <coughs> March the 14th, which is Saturday, and March the 15th, which is Sunday. Good. And then it will be open for the week of March the 16th through the 20th. Okay, so those are – that will be open basically the last week. Gotcha. Plus the weekend that we'll have there. So we'll actually have Saturday voting in the in the community room and in the Civic Center. Good. Saturday. Sunday only in the Civic Center. And and the logic behind this is that the parking is better, the the egress and digress is better out of all this. Everybody knows where it is, and we just we'll we'll just put it there. Okay, for the week of March the ninth through the thirteenth, which is what you'd sort of kind of call the middle week through mm-hmm. all of this, Garden Lakes Baptist Church on the far west side of town will be open always. Also, so the the thinking here. And should we have any major disagreements with this thinking, we are open for suggestions. But, you know, the scheduling and all that has to be thought of and all this. But the idea here is is to make it so that one centralized location will be here for the whole process. Then we'll sprinkle something on one side of town and we'll sprinkle something on the other side of town. And, and those are the periods of time that they'll be open. So let me get, do that again to make sure that it's clear. The community room will be open for early voting from March 2nd through the 20th, 
Monday through Friday, to include Saturday, March the 14th. The Civic Center will be open on March the 14th and the 15th, and then will be open the complete week of March the 16th through the 20th. And Garden Lakes Baptist Church, and their... their uh, suddenly escapes me what they call the room, but in one of the halls that they have out there, uh, they will be open March the 9th through the 13th. And all these, are, of course, are, are 8 to 5 Monday through Friday, with the exception of the weekends, and those are mandated by the state to be 9 to 4. So that's that's what we're setting up here for early voting with all this. And just as a point of interest, as of this morning, we, uh, Floyd County had 56,122 active voters. No, that's amazing. I remember it used to be 44,000. It fluctuates. It, it's not unusual for there to be about 1,800, 2,000 voters fluctuation either mm-hmm. way at any given moment. And if we ran the report right now, it would be different than it was sure. this morning because of people in and out and that sort of thing. So maybe a third of those turnout we anticipate between a third and a quarter